Coming up this evening live from New York City, the Food and Drug Administration green lights updated booster shots for COVID-19. What's new about them? More tech layoffs, Snapchat's parent company laying off a big chunk of its global workforce as it struggles to grow sales. And over two dozen states cutting taxes and returning money to the people. After bringing in more than they actually need, that and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here for NTD Business. Snapchat's parent company is announcing that layoffs are on the way. Company officials say about a fifth of Snap's employees, or 1,200 people, will be let go worldwide. Snap makes most of its money through advertising, but the advertising industry has been hit by a slowing down economy. Now it's trying to save on costs. Snap says the job cuts will save it about half a billion dollars every year. It's also shutting down projects like mobile games and flying drone cameras to save money. Snap is on track to report its slowest quarterly growth. And it doesn't help that two top executives in ad sales are leaving for Netflix. Snap stocks has fallen more than 75% since January. And Bed Bath & Beyond as well, laying off 20% of its staff. That's one out of every five people. The cuts include its chief operating officer and chief store officer positions. About 150 locations are also expected to shut down. The chain has been hit by a failed attempt to sell more store brands. Also, supply chain snacks as well. And slowing consumer demand. Same-store sales are set to fall 26% for the latest quarter. Interim CEO Sue Gov says the company has secured $500 million in funds. Bed Bath & Beyond stock fell 20% today. Meanwhile, another retailer, Walmart, is also doing something to shore up its margins. The company said today it will raise membership fees for its warehouse club chain, Sam's Club. It'll be the first increase in at least nine years. Members will see their annual fees go up 5 to $10 starting mid-October. Retailers have been looking for ways to bump up their profits. Retailers usually earn higher margins from discretionary items, but demand slowed for these items as consumers tightened their belts due to inflation. Sam's Club's rival Costco last raised its fee in 2017. Costco typically raises its fee every five and a half years, but analysts say Costco could delay it this time as consumers cut spending. And Android users wishing to use the Truth social app will remain disappointed because Google parent company Alphabet is not allowing the app in the Google Play Store. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. Former President Donald Trump's social media platform, Truth Social, has not yet been approved for distribution on Alphabet Incorporated's Google Play Store. A Google spokesperson on Tuesday said Truth Social has not done a good job moderating the content on the platform. As a result, the app remains unavailable to around 44% of U.S. smartphone users, according to Axios. I spoke with a founder of a social media management platform about this. I asked Elaine Gregory, the CEO of CrowdShare, how much Truth Social is losing by not being on the Google Play Store. A third of the world uses Android. I mean, you're talking about a massive amount of people that won't have access to it, um, to, their, to their platform. I mean, 
if if we lost the ability to be on Android, we would almost have to shut our company down, or at least you know find out why, you know, and try to fix that. Trump Media and Social Group said in a statement, some of our competitors' apps are allowed in the Google Play Store despite rampantly violating Google's prohibition on sexual content and other policies, whereas Truth Social has zero tolerance for sexually explicit content. So whenever you're creating an app, you have to, or any program really, you have to look at what the legalities are. And it may not be the law of the land, but it is certainly the service provider in which or the vehicle in which they are going to get that to. The Truth Social CEO, Devin Nunes, last week claimed the decision about when the app would be available on Android was up to Google. But Google says the ball is in Truth Social's court. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Stocks kept falling today. The Dow lost 280 points or nine tenths of a percent. S&P fell 31 points, eight tenths of a percent. NASDAQ, 67 points, or six-tenths of a percent. States all over the country raked in more money than they spend, it seems like. Experts say it's a result of leaner budgets. Federal COVID stimulus and an economy that was growing before COVID hit. And now many states are giving back to their residents. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has more. Many states are having budget surpluses, which means they brought in more tax revenue than they need. At least 31 states have enacted tax cuts or rebates this year, and more are to follow. We've had more states cut individual income taxes in the last year and a half than we've ever had in any previous period in history. Jared Walzak is with the Tax Foundation. Walzak says states want to attract more individuals and businesses, especially in a time when many work remotely and may choose where to live based on the tax burden. Missouri is considering a $700 million per permanent tax reduction. Idaho's lawmakers are deciding tomorrow whether to give more tax breaks. California, which had a $97 billion surplus, is sending out tax rebates. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says he'll give Floridians the biggest tax cuts in the history of the state. This is going to be a great tool to be able to combat inflation for states, to be able to give money back for citizens, to be able to kind of make up that gap. Nick Stark is a policy analyst at the American Legislative Exchange Council. Stark says Americans can use the money to invest in their businesses, which raises supply. Democrats generally prefer one-time rebates, while Republicans generally prefer permanent rate reductions. Jared Walzak from the Tax Foundation seems to be less of a fan of rebates. It doesn't change the long-term economic decision-making because it's a one-time transfer. If you put more money into the economy by lowering taxes, you're changing the incentives for investment, uh, for the sort of things that can address the supply side of our crisis right now. If you're only doing tax rebates, you're changing the demand side. And we have lots of demand right now. We're struggling on supply. Some experts think tax cuts and rebates have an inflationary effect and are not the right thing to do, but not everyone agrees. Inflation is caused when you have more money coming into the system. Robert Janetsky is the president of economic consulting firm Classical Principles. Janetsky says inflation happens only when the government puts more money into the economy. But reshifting money from government to individuals is a totally different thing and does not have any impact whatsoever on inflation. Janetsky always prefers permanent tax cuts. He says cutting rates allows for more production, which will eventually reduce inflation. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is now authorizing updated COVID vaccine booster shots from Moderna and Pfizer. 
Both companies submitted applications for the FDA for emergency use application authorization. It's the first time updated vaccines have received emergency use authorization in the U.S. Both boosters combined the original vaccine with one that targets the BA4 and BA5 Omicron sub-variants. Moderna's vaccine is now authorized for people 18 and older, Pfizer's 12 and older. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention needs to authorize them as well before the shots can be administered. The CDC's vaccine advisory group is now set to vote Thursday on whether to support recommending the boosters. And U.S. life expectancy is at its lowest point in decades. It's according to data published today by the CDC. It found life expectancy dropped by nearly a year between 2020 and 2021 and by more than two and a half years overall since the start of the pandemic. It's the biggest two-year drop in 100 years. Life expectancy now stands at about 76 years, the lowest has been since 1996 in the U.S. The CDC says COVID-19 was the driving factor with virus-related deaths contributing to half of the decline from 2020 to 2021. And drug overdose deaths were the second biggest factor, killing about 109,000 people last year. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration has issued a warning about an alarming emerging trend of colorful fentanyl available across the U.S. The DEA says this colorful or rainbow fentanyl is a deliberate effort by drug traffickers to drive addiction among kids and young adults. And earlier today, also International Overdose Awareness Day, I talked to a former DEA special operations agent about the rainbow fentanyl. Here's what he had to say. Derek, great to have you on as always. So does it get any more clear than this? The DEA says this is a deliberate effort to target American use. I mean, why else would you make candy-like fentanyl pills, right? Right. Great, great point, Don. And we've been talking about this for a while. I mean, this is a decision made by the Mexican cartels. They're very greedy and they're trying to maximize their profits. And they understand that if they attract the children of America, they're going to make a lot more money. It's that simple. And we've seen different marketing strategies over the years from drug traffickers. This is nothing new. All of these drugs are all the same, but they just make them look cool, like sweet tarts or Skittles. And that's deliberate. It's a, it, it's a very deceptive, strategic marketing decision to drive profits. It's that simple. So is that their end game? Is it that simple to target the, well, the youth? Well, the end game is to maximize the revenue, and they're making a killing right now, especially with a wide open border, and they're making billions of dollars from the migrant smuggling. So now they have this unlimited supply of fentanyl. They have all this migrant smuggling money. They have the Chinese uh, criminal networks laundering all their money, providing all their chemicals. So they're having a field day. But the end result is the death and destruction of our future generation, and our families are being devastated. And also, our White House is not engaging in the issue. I mean, yesterday, President Biden is in Pennsylvania, and he finally mentioned the word fentanyl. We need action, no words. Words are no good. We're losing 300 kids a day from poisonous drugs, right? Overdoses are off the charts. 
mass poisonings are off the charts in America. Just in August 1st to August 11th, there were 11 days, 11 straight days in uh, Knox, Tennessee County. The fire department reports 101 overdoses in 12 days. Like, how much clearer do we have to get? This is mass poisoning. Our kids are dying, so wake up and taxpayers hold them accountable. Yeah, the situation obviously very serious and grim. But is there any any glimmer of hope right now? Well, the glimmer of hope is that we have a very powerful government in our agencies and our capabilities. If the, the commander-in-chief gave the direction to our military and our intelligence community and law enforcement to get a task force, get a plan to destroy those chemical production labs in Mexico with or without the Mexican government. And I don't mean invade Mexico. I don't mean a ground war in Mexico. We have very powerful technology. We could destroy these chemical processing labs. We could dismantle and disrupt the ability for them to kill our kids. And we could do that any day of the week if we have the heart to do it. Right now, we don't have the will to do it. But the United States can do it. We have the most powerful military in the world, and we have tremendous patriots that care about our kids. Right now, we don't get any, there's no marching orders to do that. They want to make, you know, nice with all the bad guys. They want to be soft on criminals. In Mexico, they have a policy, hugs for dogs, right? No, you can't operate that way with these transnational criminals. They're killers. They're killing our kids at historic levels. We have to be more aggressive. You're right. It's a very serious issue. Thanks for coming on today, Derek Maltz, former DEA. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Don. Now turning to Europe, Eurozone inflation hit a new record high of 9.1% in August. This is the highest level since the formation of the euro. Higher energy prices and increased food costs were the big factors behind the increase. Energy prices have increased 38% over the last 12 months, while food inflation is currently running at an annual rate of 10.6%. And Russia halted gas supplies to Europe through a key pipeline today. This is an intensifying economic battle between Moscow and Brussels. It's also making energy rationing more likely in some of Europe's richest countries. Francis McGuire reports. Russia stopped gas supplies through Europe's key supply route on Wednesday. Russia's state energy giant Gazprom said Nord Stream 1 would be out for maintenance between August 31st and September 3rd. The Kremlin's move intensified an economic battle between Moscow and Brussels and raised the prospect of recession and energy rationing in the region. European governments fear Moscow could extend the outage in retaliation for Western sanctions imposed after it invaded Ukraine. France on Tuesday accused Russia of using energy supplies as a weapon of war. Moscow denies doing this. Gazprom said the latest shutdown was needed to perform maintenance on Nord Stream 1's only remaining compressor. Unlike last month's 10-day maintenance, the latest work on the pipeline was announced less than two weeks in advance. It's also been carried out by Gazprom and not its operator Nord Stream AG. Moscow already cut supply via the pipeline to 40% of capacity earlier this year and to just 20% in July. Further restrictions to Europe's gas supplies would deepen an energy crunch. The region has already seen a 400% surge in wholesale gas prices since last August. 
It squeezed customers and business and forced governments to spend billions to ease the burden. And China's tech giants are continuing to buy up video game companies worldwide. Chinese tech giant NetEase announced today that it acquired prominent video game developer Quantic Dream. This developer is behind popular games like Detroit, Become Human, and the upcoming Star Wars game. Quantic Dream is a French company known for interactive storytelling games. This will be the first European developer China's NetEase owns completely. Both NetEase and its fellow Chinese company Tencent are buying up and investing in game developers all over the world. Tencent in the first half of 2021 completed one game-related deal every two and a half days. It now owns Riot Games, which made League of Legends, and 40% of Epic Games, which made Fortnite. NetEase is also setting up studios in the U.S. and Japan and expanding from mobile and PC gaming into console gaming. Still to come, don't go away. Chicago O'Hare Airport has a cuddly worker. She has a big job and shows us how well she does it. That and more coming up on NTD Business. back. Chicago's O'Hare Airport has a special team trained to sniff out contraband that could damage U.S. agriculture. Here's more on the Beagle Brigade and one of its top dogs. The Beagle, a furry and cuddly breed, has a strong sense of smell and is not intimidating. Since 1984, the U.S. Department of Agriculture has placed a brigade of beagles at ports of entry to intercept and prevent foreign invasive species, pests, and animal diseases from entering the U.S. The beagle's role is critical in protecting American agriculture, a $1 trillion industry, or 5% of GDP. Jessica Anderson, a canine handler with Customs and Border Protection, or CBP, says Betty, one of the eight beagles at Chicago's O'Hare Airport, can catch 20 to 40 bags with contraband per day. Okay, what kind of food are you bringing in your check bags? Fruit and bread. What type of fruit are you bringing in? Guayaba. Guavas? And, and the guavas and the papaya, are they fresh or are they pre preserved? Fresh. So unfortunately, your guavas and your papaya will not be allowed. Betty is certified to find apples, citrus fruits, mangoes, beef, and pork. This is actually not allowed in. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Pork from Mexico is a no-no. I'm right. glad we opened it because they wouldn't have seen this on the x-ray machine and it is prohibited, okay? Good girl. Good job. Even though Betty is not certified for all agricultural products, she often exceeds expectations. That's a root. Woo, good girl. Okay, what kind of root is it? What did your grandma say? Woo! Okay, I can right away tell you that this is not going to be enterable. There's soil on it. Okay, soil is a big deal. We don't want to bring anything with soil. Anything for planting or growing with soil can't come in, okay? 
Beagles are more efficient in finding agricultural contraband than customs officers and rovers. A rover is a person who goes around and talks with passengers about their trips. If you're as an officer, you're just playing a guessing game. So we do have rovers, but they rely on questioning of passengers and trying to determine if they're bringing food, if they're declaring food. Um, it's a lot more difficult. You bring a dog into the mix, it's super easy. As the third busiest airport in the U.S., Chicago's O'Hare has seized 17,000 items of agricultural contraband from October 1, 2021, the beginning of this fiscal year, through June 30th. It ranks number one in the nation. Betty alone contributed almost 20% of the seizures and ranks number two in the country. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News, Chicago. Hardee's has teamed up with a brewery for an ale that includes its signature biscuits. Hardee's and Southern Gerst Brewery are based in Nashville. The ale is called Strawberry Biscuit Ale. The recipe calls for more than 200 pounds of the biscuits. It took months to find the right blend, which includes strawberry puree. The brewery, founded in 2016, has created more than 900 different flavors, but this is the first one with the biscuits. The special brew is available beginning Thursday at Southern Gerst's Nashville Tap Room and in select markets through its website. And if movie ticket prices have been keeping you away from the Cineplex, well, your day is coming this Labor Day weekend. Here's our next report. Fewer people go to the movies on Labor Day weekend than almost any other time of year. So this Saturday, September 3rd, the Cinema Foundation is promoting a special event at more than 3,000 U.S. theaters on more than 30,000 screens all showings of all movies in all formats will be just $3 per ticket. Check your local listings for details. Yo, check it. More. More what? Them things. John Boyega is going back to the block. The actor tells Collider he's helping shape the sequel to the 2011 cult classic Attack the Block, working on the script with writer-director Joe Cornish. The film about South London teens fighting off an alien invasion is often credited as Boyega's breakout role. You cannot start without me. I start the clock. However, unlike a clock, sometimes my second hand stops, which means time stops. The reality is that it's not until I once again decide to raise that hand that time is allowed to continue marching along her very merry way. Here's your first look at two-time Oscar winner Kate Blanchett in Tar, about an iconic composer and conductor. The drama from writer-director Todd Field opens in select theaters October 7th and in wide release October 28th. A new six-story condominium in New York City has been constructed out of nothing but wood. It's an effort to reduce the impacts of steel and concrete on the environment. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the story. From the street, 670 Union Street looks like a regular building in Brooklyn. But inside, exposed timber beams, columns, and floorboards make this 14-apartment condominium no typical New York City building. Timber House is the first mass timber condo building in the city. Perhaps the state, not entirely sure. Uh, but it's, you know, it's built out of a structure of wood, which is very unusual for a six-story building like this, which would normally be built out of concrete or steel. Timber House was completed in May after about two and a half years of construction. The architect said he chose wood 
for its aesthetic qualities and negative carbon footprint. The timber is a renewable resource. Trees are growing. We're at a timber surplus. There's plenty of, of wood available. And so as an alternative to concrete or steel, it's a beautiful material that makes incredible spaces to dwell in. Building operations are also energy efficient. Timber House is highly insulated, its roof has solar panels, and it uses electric heat pumps for heating and cooling. Each parking spot in its downstairs garage has an electric vehicle charging station. Lifton said he hopes the building will serve as a model for future buildings in New York. Compare it to concrete and steel, it has great uh, performance and, and, and durability and all those things. So the idea of working with a sustainable, natural, renewable material is, ver is very appealing. Susan Wines is the owner of I-Beam Design. She described wood's climate change advantages. Wood, on the other hand, um, uh, basically has zero or negative uh, carbon footprint. The reason for this is because uh, while trees grow, as you know, they uh, sequester carbon during the photosynthesis process. Prices range from under $600,000 for a studio to over $3 million for a three-bedroom apartment. 12 of the 14 condos have sold. Residents are due to begin moving in this fall. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And that's all the stories we have today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter too if you're there. If you have any news tips or feedbacks, email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.